0: Welcome to the One Life Maps Podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing.
1: Greetings, everyone. This is Sharon Swing. We're so glad you're with us today. I am here with Joan Kelly, who is the Director of Facilitator Development for One Life Maps. Hey, everybody. Glad to have you. And... Gail Donahue, who is a partner with Joan also in My Life is Sacred. If you've heard uh, one of the previous episodes about um, the My Life is Sacred Solitude retreats, um, love to invite you to those. And today we're actually going to have another conversation about rhythms of grace and solitude. And both Joan and Gail are spiritual directors. And I think this is going to be a great conversation about why solitude and why there's these rhythms of movement because we're not talking about uh, going away and and uh, and and being desert monks. Mm-hmm. We're talking about living in the real world right here, right now. So, Gail, give us the high level overview of these rhythms that we're drawing from for our conversation today. Um,
2: sure. Uh, first of all, I, I just start this conversation off off with. Um, saying that Jesus truly invited us into uh, a rhythm of living that includes solitude um but it also incu- uh, includes two other movements which is community and ministry so in his if you read the gospels you'll see this very clearly this rhythm of Jesus to that where he literally modeled for us how to live our lives. And that is withdrawing into solitude and being alone with God, and then moving back into community, being with the people you love and that you do life with, and out of that
1: flows ministry. Excellent. So why don't you go ahead and and set us up out of, tell us about how Jesus did it.
2: Well, I think I would like to start the conversation um, by giving you an example of how Jesus lived, because truly it was not as much about the words he spoke about this subject as much as how he lived his life uh, um, so clearly in this rhythm of pulling away to be alone with his father and then moving into community and being with those he loved and living life with them. And then watching how his ministry flowed um, naturally as a byproduct out of his time in solitude and community. So I'd love to read uh, Luke 6, 12 through 19 to you. And you, if you could just listen for how this rhythm plays out. And it says, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. He went down with them and stood on a level place A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and people all tried to touch him, because power was coming from him and healing them. So that is just one passage which describes this rhythm of him going away and spending the night with his father, and then, you know, coming back into his community with his disciples, choosing his disciples to do life with. And then out of that, they moved in towards other people, and ministry began to happen. And I love that last line where he says... um, Uh, People all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. So it was coming naturally out of Mm -hmm. his rhythm, uh, the rhythm of life that he was leading. And I would just say one more thing. If you go back through the Gospels, you'll see Jesus doing this in every kind of circumstance, uh, circumstance. He did it when... Uh, John the Baptist passed away and died, and he went away to be alone with the Father. He did it when the crowds were trying to control him and make him king, and he slipped through the crowd and went away to be alone. He did it a- after the feeding of the 5,000. He went away to be alone, and then he – Remember, if you'll remember the, the story of him walking across the water um, right be- preceding that, he had gone to be alone with the Father – and then met his his disciples and then they went to the other side and began to minister again so all through the scriptures it be, it began this way when he was baptized uh, he met with the father who said this is my beloved son and whom I well I am well pleased he met in that place with the father and then was sent into solitude for those 40 days and out of that 40 days he came back to his community and ministry happened after that
1: Mm-hmm. So there's a natural flow of 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 being away, almost to to be reminded of who we are, but whose we are,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it becomes a way of being. It mm-hmm. seems. So, how did you come to understand this personally? Well, this
2: goes way back, actually. Um, <clears throat> when I was first married, and I had. a... Uh, two-year-old two son. I was working uh, at the time um, with IBM, and I was leading in my church. I was leading small groups. I was uh, mentoring and actually doing spiritual direction before I even knew what that was and spending a lot of time with hurting people. And I just hit a a proverbial brick wall. I became emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically depleted and um, had I literally knew I had to go away. And I remember telling my husband he came home, I said, I don't know how or where or how this can work, but I need to go away this weekend to be alone. And at that time, I had no idea what solitude was. But on that weekend, I found a place to to just be still and go away for the weekend. Um I literally didn't want to hear my voice anymore. I didn't want to hear anybody else's voice. And I actually told the Lord, I'm not sure I want to hear yours right now, because I have found myself disappointed. I thought I was doing all the things that God wanted me to do. And he was so kind in that weekend and left me uh to be quieted. In my spirit and and uh, my body and my mind, and you know, I say nothing really, quote unquote, happened in that space except that by the end of that weekend, I knew that I had met with God in a way I'd never met Him before, and it was restorative and it refreshed me, and I I was reminded who I belong that I belonged to Him, and I also I think he 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 quietly without words let me know that he wasn't asking me to be about producing and doing all sorts of things for him, but he was asking me to be present with him and walk through life with him. So that was the beginning of my uh, journey with solitude even before I had a name for it. And then fast forward up to uh, moving. We were in Dallas and we moved up to Chicago and uh, was teaching a class and ended up... Getting getting the the chapter on solitude, um, I think it was uh, celebration of disciplines with Richard Foster, and I thought, oh, I can't believe this. What do I have to say about solitude? So, I ended up um, <clears throat> getting some tapes. This dates dates me, but um, tapes from Henry Nowen, who uh, was a priest that um, at the time was a pastor at a, a special. Um, community, Kala Arsh, that was involved with um, ministering to special needs uh, adults. And uh, he wrote a lot about solitude and community and ministry, and that's where it all started to click together, and I started to understand um, what this was, and and what we're going to talk about today, really comes out of his uh, observations and study of Jesus's life, and and actually the way he lived his life, which um, he he pretty well named the
1: you know the rhythm of solitude, community, and ministry. Yeah, I think that these kinds of conversations. Can sometimes get overlooked. I mean, it's 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 so easy to get into the everyday busyness of, that just is there anyway. And then when you add being a Christian who wants to be dedicated, you're invited into all kinds of doing mm-hmm. kinds of pieces. And sometimes, uh, with to the exclusion of this reminder that we're missing a piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, I remember, um, good news is I had been introduced to solitude, um, previously, but I left a hair hair on fire ministry job. I was working for God, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it was, and even that was served up to me as if, um, people who got to work in those kinds of jobs, that was like a, um, a spiritual step up somehow, you know, like, like what are you doing? That's really going to make a, make a difference in your life, you know, get out of the stands and get on the playing field. And, you know, you know, the, it, if, if you're really dedicated, this is what it looks like. Right? right. And doing the job in a way that was destructive to my soul mm-hmm. and not knowing how to care for my soul and the craziness of it all and thought, okay, so this is what it buys you. <laughs> All that work. Mm -hmm. And um, then I left that job. And one of the first things I did was I my sister-in-law has has a house on a lake a couple hours south of here. And so I went there. And I laid on the couch, put on some worship music and just laid there. And, um, my brother in law lives not too far away, and he had stopped by the house to, to do something for my sister in law. He didn't know I was there, and he thought I'd left my husband. And so he was really upset to find me there alone. <laughs> and it was one of those episodes where it was so, it was such a foreign idea to the other people in my family, even that it, that, I mean there had to be something majorly wrong right. and there was something majorly wrong in my soul. Mm-hmm. My marriage was fine but the the aspect of just being and just and that God was actually interested in me being who he made me to be mm-hmm. before and in the midst of doing all of the other pieces and um that experience was another one of those keystone moments right. uh, of recovery for me, and a reminder, and kind of unwinding the the, the narrative that I had absorbed from people around mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. about what it looks like to be a dedicated Christian, mm-hmm. and finding out that the way it was spun seemed to be for the benefit of the people who would. Uh, uh, who would benefit from my work as as opposed to being a part of a community that that we were journeying together in a way that we were caring for our souls with God. We were caring for each other in community. And then out of that, we were producing good in the world. Mm-hmm. And somehow it got all, you know, peace, when, when pieces are missing – it feels really destructive. Well, there's, um, as with almost everything
2: when it comes to to uh, Jesus and how he um, lived his life here, there's, there's the world way and his way, and his way to the world feels upside down. And yet it is the way that we were created to live. And yet uh, the world tells us, no, no, no. Uh, what you really want to do is you want to work hard so you can produce something so then you're significant and accepted. Mm-hmm. So it ties into that, that integral need within each and every one of us that we desire to find significance and acceptance. And truly, The reason that's there is because that is supposed to woo us back to the only one who can really fill that need for us, which is God. And that happens in the midst of solitude.
1: It sure does. It's so
3: just countercultural, you know, just to pull away, to produce nothing (laughs) and to set aside a day to do that. And then. You know, take off work maybe to do that and then have to tell, you know, somebody said, hey, what'd you do on Friday? Are you going to tell anybody that you, (laughs) you took a day for yourself to let your soul settle and to spend with God? I think the first time I, some of the first times I experienced solitude, I have a couple stories. I mean, And one is I think I was doing it and I didn't have a name for it. Um, I was a mom. I too was working. We had four kids and I'm an introvert. So it was very natural for me to seek out sp- spaces to be by myself <laughs> and take a little break, you know, beyond just going to the grocery store <laughs> to get away. And I love creation. And so that was very common for me to pull away, but I had no idea that there was this practice. And so we always tell this story that, you know many years after that, I was at a at a retreat, and there were workshops for different spiritual practices, and one of them was solitude and uh, as Gail always tells it, she got to the table too late, and the only thing left was solitude. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't I go to spiritual friendship or <laughs> prayer and so I did get to the table too late, and so I went begrud- begrudgingly to the solitude um Uh, breakout, and actually Gail was teaching it, (laughs) and, uh, you know, got there, and over the course of the, the couple sessions, realized that God wanted to really meet me in my solitude, and it was a different kind of solitude than perhaps I had been pursuing, and, you know, the word I walked in with was probably, you know, I was just not happy to be there. And kind of resigned to the fact that I I was there and the word I walked away with in a very significant way was beloved. And I was beloved by God. Mm. And I'll never I'll never forget that day. And so that's that's what we're inviting mm. people into and that's what Christ is inviting mm. us into, that rhythm. And
1: it's a rhythm of grace for sure. It but, is. But you said this solitude got named for you that you were already doing in uh-huh. some ways, but it was a different kind of solitude. How did you see the time of pulling away and being in nature and all different than the 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 solitude that was well named? there
3: was There were times when it was just solitude to get away from the noise and the chaos and the little people in my life to be <laughs> honest, and the schedules and And one of my pathways to God really is um is creation. So that was a natural place for me to go. Um, so there are definitely times where it was really just about I needed quiet, I needed stillness. There were times where I did need to hear God too. Um, so there was kind of the the both and kind of things going on there with with solitude, where I was probably solitude just to be alone and solitude to be with God but I didn't know it was called solitude. (laughs) I didn't know it was like a Mm -hmm.
1: thing. (laughs) It was like, I got to have some me time to keep myself from going. Mm -hmm. I got to have some me time and I got to
3: have some God time, but I didn't, I didn't, I had never put together that that's what, so this rhythm was being talked about in scripture.
1: So are you saying it changed your intention or your openness or your curiosity about what would happen when you did get alone? Um, I,
3: I suppose it changed my intention over time where I realized that this is this is what Christ did like this is what he modeled and he's inviting us into that. And so it's not just about me it's about me being with him and the fruit that will come out of that mm-hmm. that I will mm-hmm. actually you know be a better follower of him because I do pull away and that's okay.
1: And, you know, this isn't non-productive time. No. This right. is essential. And we ignore the fact that it's essential. And I think the the industrial revolution did all of us a big service in terms of finding, you know, that the, the narrative that we're handed so often is that you want to have a productive life. Mm-hmm. And, well... Is that really true? I mean, to be able to question the idea that having a productive life is actually the goal. Well, what about becoming who God made us to be? Well, I think um,
2: I, I'm going to jump in here because I, something that Joan just said and and what you're saying really goes back to um, how we view solitude and and how that what. What comes up in us when we say that word, and if If you begin to listen and understand and read the scriptures, you realize that what it is is an invitation mm-hmm. it is the most grand, most elite and beautiful invitation from the God of the universe to meet with you alone and to be present with you the one who created you has known you before you ever stepped foot in this world the one who knows how many hairs are on your head the one who has a plan for your life the one who calls you his beloved is inviting you to spend time alone with him and when you understand that then the idea of solitude being alone is does not even come close to what solitude is. Mm -hmm. Solitude is an invitation of enormous proportions for you to come and be with the one who knows you the very best so he can remind you. I always say this is there's two things that happen in solitude for sure, is that he reminds you who you are. You are his beloved daughter. You're his beloved son. And then he reminds you what he intends for you in life. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily about, you know, what job you're going to take or uh, what you're going to accomplish in your work.
1: It's about who you are and living out of that core of who you truly are. Right. I mean, even when you think about how we educate children and we keep, how young do we start asking kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want? Right. You know what I want to do. When do. You up uh-huh. and um, quickly pull them out of the 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 natural state of play and mm-hmm. the natural state of just wasting time. And when you think about how abstract the the concept of time is to a kid, you know, like they don't know what numbers are. They don't know what. clock looks like. And all of a sudden, we're late for everything and I'm being rushed around. And and it's I mean, it's such an say, it's just such an abstract concept to think that a child could understand that we need them to respond to a clock. Mm-hmm. you know <laughs> well and we do this all the time as adults too like
3: think about going to a dinner party or you know any kind of social engagement w- what's the first thing you do you you go around and you introduce yourself and you say hey i'm this person and this is what i do, do. Mm-hmm.
1: and that's what people that's how you ask. describe yourself well and that's, that's what, what people, people ask, ask. yeah so we've the, trained it's, ourselves it's the questions we ask um, from the beginning and you know as as you were talking earlier gail it it occurred to me to me for the first time, probably not a new idea to you guys, but that that's how it all started is that is that it describes in the beginning in Genesis, there was nothing. there mm-hmm. was this peace and, and there was this spirit and then and then so there was this nothingness, there was timelessness and then there was creation and community that was that was created in Adam and Eve and then from there there was the garden that for them to interact with and work Mm -hmm. with and um it it, it's a reflection of from the from Mm -hmm. before the beginning Mm -hmm. and uh, and it says something about who God is and what he's more interested in. And just to be able to question how we've been enculturated mm-hmm. and not only in our culture, but also the narratives that, that we have been served up about what it looks like to be a dedicated spiritual person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well.
3: Mm-hmm. And we assume that those narratives,
1: those rhythms
3: that we've been given, like that's that's the path we're supposed to follow. That's the cycle we're supposed to follow. and. And and then Scripture says,
1: "Well, actually, no. No. <laughs> no. Jesus is a rather subversive character, actually, isn't he? <laughs> he is. <laughs> but then he, he keeps he keeps over and over again. There are different scriptures that remind us, you know, come away with me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 there's this, and and you'll find rest for your soul. And when when we even talk about the fruits of the spirit, joy, peace, patience kindness, self-control, what are the rest? I missed a few. And the, that, okay, do you get that from doing more? Mm -mm. And, and really, uh,
2: you bring that up, um, Sharon, and it's, it really, uh, it brings out the whole point that Jesus invites us to be alone with God. We're invited to be with God so that we're reminded who we are and what he intends for us. And then the Spirit woos us back into community and, and, you know, think, well, it's so wonderful and solitude. Then why would we move back into community? And yet we, we worship a God who is a communal God, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're in a, a perfect community and they, have made us in his image, so we are called back into community so that we can experience that, and we have something to give our community. But what I love is that out of those two, solitude and community, when I say ministry naturally happens, it's not necessarily what you're doing in or for the church or in your Christian ministries. That's not what I'm talking about or what what Nowen was talking about when he um, first put these words on it, he's talking about um, living out of the core of who you are, the expression of yourself. And if if you think about it, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, they are the core fruit that come mm-hmm. out of a person's life when they have lived a soul-healthy life, and they have not neglected their soul by either eliminating solitude or not engaging in it it at all.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite quotes that we've included in Listen to My Life is, God wants to live through you as you. Mm -hmm. And this is the path to that. Exactly. To find out who we are and then what we are and whose we are Mm -hmm. and then what we're here to, to do. Um, for the benefit of others, and that's what spiritual formation looks like. That's what spiritual growth looks like. That that those are the rhythms that, that become, um, the fabric, of how we become, who we were made to be. What closing thoughts do you have?
3: I I think for me, just it's just a reminder <laughs> to look back through God's word for invitations. Because I think sometimes it's so hard, but they're so clear. Mm -hmm. Like as you read that, Gail, I listened for Oh yeah, it's right there and it's right there. And then as you mentioned, story after story. And so often I just wanna be told what to do, but he modeled what Mm -hmm. to do. And um I, I laugh because my spiritual director will quite often say, I'll be describing, you know, the state of my soul, what's going on in my life, and she'll say, Well you know, essentially, what do you notice in scripture? What what did Jesus model? And I'm like, oh, that's a good question, <laughs> you know. And I'm I'm in his word, but like it's all there. So mm-hmm. well I, I think I um
2: to bring it really down into the practical nitty-gritty pieces of our life is I I think the thing I would like to say most is that the world around us kind of draws us into a different the different rhythm which literally goes opposite from the rhythm Jesus shows us so the the world and people in our culture say you know work work and produce something so that you can prove to everybody that you're significant and acceptable right And uh, so you do all that, but then you find you get depleted like I did when I hit the brick wall. And what we tend to do is not go back to God. We tend to run to our community, people we love, our family, and we, we try to get what we need from them now. See, we're empty, we're depleted. Tell me I'm doing good. Tell me you love me. But we don't get that eventually because they're only human and they fail us. And at some point, we find ourselves going back to God but it's in the wrong direction so to speak and i i always say this at the end when we're talking about this um and it goes back to the Matthew 11:28 through 30 passage that when we get go back running to God. He's always there to meet us with open arms, never with condemnation or accusation or punishment. He's always greeting us with an embrace because he loves us and he's glad to see us no matter how we show up. Mm -hmm. But I really do believe that when we get silent and quieted with him, he just says, can I invite you to do it in the way that I created you to live? Which is come and walk with me and work with me and I'll show you how to take a real rest. And if you do this and, and we do life together through solitude first alone with God and then move into your community where you'll have something actually to give people <laughs> out of your solitude time. And then you watch how you are, you find yourself ministering as a natural byproduct of those two, then you'll know what it, feels like what it looks like to live lightly and freely mm-hmm. which is what his invitation is
1: right so we don't have to wait till we're falling over the finish line of something we're exhausted exactly for that invitation to be true and we can find this daily and we can find it in small pieces mm-hmm. we can find it in extended pieces it can look a lot of different ways and we'll keep talking about this from different angles you know what what these short um, I think Sybil calls them snacks uh, of solitude. Might look like as opposed to a full buffet, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll we'll keep exploring this because it's so important to to just the care and feeding mm. of our souls, the the true self of who we are, and to think that we can live most of our lives um, without the simplicity of this truth is really scary. Mm -hmm. Um, And how many people we know and how long it took us to kind of find our way to that is just so sad in so Mm -hmm. many ways. But it's a natural rhythm of life. There's no shame in it. Mm -hmm. It just is that the invitation is always available. Mm -hmm. Always available. Because if if we can become still, only good things are going to come from that after we get past the murkiness of our own thoughts and fears and everything else. We got to stay still long enough to be able to hear the still, small, voice of God in the midst of it all. So we invite you to to try a little solitude today. And, um, you know, we have... We have this uh, Patreon is a website that basically you can support the work of this website. Um, if you'd like to contribute, we'd, we'd love to invite you into that community. As a thank you gift for that, um, if you uh, do $5 or more um, a month, we provide you with weekly Meditations, And that might be a place for you to start to listen to these kind of meditations. There are other places you can find those, but we'd love to invite you to, to consider that and um, just find a little space. You don't even have to do that. Just go find a little place in your, in your world where you can be quiet. Um, maybe take a scripture, not a whole Bible <laughs> or something that just is a little snippet of something to help set your mind in that direction. So thank you, Joan Kelly Great to be with you. So grateful for you. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us, Gail Donahue. Um, by the way, you can catch uh, Gail Donahue and Joan Kelly's work with My Life is Sacred at mylifeissacred.com. And find out about the solitude treats, every treat that they lead. And so have a great week, everyone. See you next Bye. time.
0: Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes? If you've wondered any of these things before, you're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com.